Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And today I have, I should call her my co-host because she's the inspiration, I feel like, behind every episode. So I have Leslie here in the building today. Hello, everyone. So Leslie, how was your week? My week was good. Busy, but good. So y'all, Leslie this week just started reading The Prophets. I'm not sure if I talked about The Prophets on here. Did I talk about The Prophets on here? You have. Okay. Well, you have talked about the prophets, and it is actually a good book. I was a skeptic at first. You know how you do. <laughs> Every book I read is a good book, but Leslie has been reading the prophets, y'all. So I'm very excited for her. Um, my week, my week was pretty good. I don't really have any real complaints. I had therapy, so I feel like I always feel good anytime I have therapy. I feel a little more clearer. Um. That's good yeah yeah so i think so i didn't really have much going on though so let's just jump into uh motivational monday so for motivational monday today for the thought of the week we're going to talk about self-care so i wanted to ask you and uh this is something for you to think about what do you do for self-care you know something leslie that i was thinking about um a lot of people have like self-care sunday or self-care saturday I feel like um, we should start incorporating like a day of self-care or maybe even like twice a month of just only self-care for a day. I agree with that. But you know, for me, self-care is every day because self-care means so many different things. So it's a practice for me every day, quite honestly. Yeah, that's true. You think about it, you you know, self-care could be setting boundaries, um, t- taking a step back, putting yourself first. There's so many genres with self-care that I practice it every day it, and it's work, but I try to practice it every day. Yeah, I, that's good. I agree. I agree. Um, I could probably be more intentional. I think I do some things, but I feel like I could do, I probably could do more um, as far as like just taking care of myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So for Black Excellence this week, I just wanted to actually ran across this last night and I didn't realize this. I was sitting there talking to Jamonte and we were talking about Ari Lennox CD, uh, Shea Butter Baby. And I was like, yeah, her, her CD went gold. And I just realized that just a couple weeks ago, it actually went platinum. So I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was pretty dope. And so I definitely wanted to um, celebrate her. Um, especially with her debut album that was my favorite album for a minute I still listen to it so that's really exciting so for today we're going to do something different I'm not going to talk about any hot topics but I did want to discuss the shit show of Married at First Sight oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so let me just give you a backdrop okay I actually can't stand this show I actually don't even watch this show so one night I was sitting there with Leslie and she was watching the show And um, I just, I was reading while she was watching it and I looked up and I just found myself engrossing the story of Chris and Paige. And I just found it just incredulous. And then I, yeah, like, (laughs) I mean, I can, I cannot keep my eyes off the train wreck of this fucking season. And so uh, that made me um, invested. So if you haven't been watching, we're pretty much going to just tell you everything that's going on. So uh, yes. Sorry in advance, but this might also make you pique your interest. So you can go look at this shit yourself. So uh, I'm going to get Leslie to give the rundown from the beginning to the end. And I'm going to pop in with my feedback. Oh, my God. So where do I start? Well, I think Chris is a creep. I'm trying so hard to see the good in his brother because he's the youngest franchise owner of the subway. So he's accomplished. He was homeless at one point. Right. So he's an accomplished guy, but uh, I think he's a narcissist. So if the season starts with him expressing clearly that it's important that he's attracted to his wife. He has to be attracted. If he's not attracted, then he doesn't know what he's going to do, regardless of what he's gone through for the pairing. So well, this- also, let's just give a backdrop in case you don't watch it. You know, a married first sight. They go through, they go through like extensive background checks and interviews, you know, a whole bunch of shit. They go through months and months and months of this. 
for them to get paired with each other. And then when the season starts, they meet each other for the first time at their wedding. So go ahead, Leslie. Exactly. They meet at the wedding. So this young lady, she's a God-fearing girl, very, very much faith-based. She's very excited about getting married. She feels that this is ordained by God. So fast forward, they get married. Um, one of the first questions he asks, is she a virgin? <laughs> is she a virgin? Um, is she using contraception or on any form of contraception because he wants a honeymoon baby? But he confesses to her bridesmaids that she's not his typical type, that he's used to pretty girls. Mm. So he doesn't find her to be a pretty girl and he's not attracted to her. He says that at the wedding which I found that to be incredulous that he would share that with his, with her bridesmaids, but whatever. It's then revealed that he was recently engaged and he's three months shy or two months shy of the breakup with his fiance, which so, I don't get. Mind you, that had to be like while he was with the fiance or going through the breakup, the fiance, exactly. he was going through the, going through the background checks and stuff for Married at First Sight, right? Exactly. So that in itself is confusion at best. So I don't, I don't get that. Why he's some bullshit? In, it is why he's <laughs> <laughs> the process to start with. I have no clue. It's it's crazy to me. And then to sit and say you want to have a honeymoon baby and asking her about whether or not she's on birth control or not. I just thought that was creepy. As far it was, and it caught her completely off guard. She really wasn't expecting that at all but fast forward they do consummate the marriage the night of the wedding they consummate the marriage right and then they have another sexual encounter the morning after the wedding when he disappears for two hours to tell her that he had a panic attack because he's not attracted to her and it's got him fucked up in the head which that is crazy. He's not attracted to her after he slept with her twice. Right. So it's left her completely confused, blindsided. She doesn't know how to feel. What's crazy is that she talked about that with his parents. I found that odd, but she's seeking to understand. So I guess I get it. But, you know, the next day, the couples meet with the in-laws to get to know the in-laws and learn more about the person that they've married. So she goes to the meeting with the parents and she shares with them, she confides that they've been uh, sexually involved twice thus far, and he finds her not to be attractive and it's got her confused. It, it was crazy. So then the parents question him, you know, what you got going on, Chris? You can't sleep with this girl and then tell this girl that you're not attracted to her. So that's when he shares that he- And it's really her. fucking hurtful, you know? Very much so. And then it's he shares ridiculous. that he has sex with her to find a, a connection. He's seeking to get some type of connection with her. So he has sex with her for the purpose of building a bond or a connection. Then I wonder what kind of sex were they having? Like, did, did you want, did you wonder that at all? I didn't. I just oh. wanted to know. I was just confused on why she slept with him to start with. I mean, I was confused on why she slept with him to start with, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, I mean, are y'all, like, fucking? Or, like, are we all in there, like, making love? I think they were fucking. <laughs> something, because I'm like, what were y'all in there doing? And then for him to still be like, yeah, I don't find you attractive. I'm like, oh, whoa. I, I, my feelings would have been really fucking hurt. And hers were. And yeah. right so she definitely was hurt. They go to the honeymoon anyway. <laughs> That's where we were. They were in Vegas, right? The honeymoon was in Vegas. Yeah, the honeymoon's in Vegas. So they fly to Vegas with her feeling confused. And then he drops a bomb on her. Okay, so this is where I started. Mm -hmm. And what made me put my book down was because <laughs> he... I guess the producers, I guess he told the producers and they knew what was going on Right. when she asked him. And so he's just like, so they're at, they're at breakfast or some shit. And she's like, well, how are you? And he's like, well, I just got some really devastating news. Right. Like Altering news or some shit like that. And she just like, well, are you okay? Like, what is it? He's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Crazy. I was like, oh, hell no. Taking her through an emotional roller coaster, man. Yes. It's crazy. To, to the point that the producers were like, after she was like, 
you could tell she was like, okay, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. The producers had to step in and say, listen, you can't not say something to her because this affects her as well. And this is your wife. Like you exactly. can't not tell her and talk about you want to just deal with this yourself. It's not right. about you. So right. then what made it weird to me, which is also why I think he's a narcissist as well, Leslie, was mm-hmm. that when he finally did, and I'm going to let you tell what he told her, but when he finally did go to talk to her, he made her take her mic off. He turned right. on all the water and all that stuff. And I'm sitting here like, you, you do realize that you're on a reality show. You have cameras every fucking where. Like, it's like he right. always cared about the image of himself. He but did. you look like shit, though. Like, and you he look crazy. <laughs> That was just weird he to me. Is shit. Oh my God. So then he tells her, yeah, it's crazy. So he tells her the devastating news, which is that the fiance is six weeks pregnant. That's crazy. Right. The, fian- the ex-fiance, excuse me, is six weeks pregnant. And it's got him fucked up. So the only hey, thing that kept pissing me off was, and I told you this, when he kept being like, mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck did he say when he was like um like he didn't say devastating he was just what did, what did he disturbing. call it disturbing disturbing and I'm like yeah. okay I get that you're in shock but I think calling your kid like and saying the shit is disturbing it was weird I was like that's fucked up in itself right there I was like damn I got some disturbing news and she's telling him you know that's don't use that word right she's telling him that don't use that word just say you surprised or whatever, but don't use disturbing. So Paige is really messed up at this point. She goes to speak with one of the other brides. The bride is, uh, the other bride is like, look, I, I support you, whatever you decide to do, but just think of yourself. You know, she's like, this totally isn't what I bargained for. This isn't what I signed up for. And she spends all this time alone and fast forward, they go to dinner. Well, hold on. The other, the other, um, the girl, the, the other participant was a black girl too that she was talking yes, to, Brianna. And Brianna, and she basically was kind of like, "Girl, if you don't take your ass on," and when they did the individual, the confessional, she was like, "Girl, that was me. I would not be putting up with that shit because literally, um, I know they're about to get the dinner, but literally that whole entire episode, Paige pretty much cried the whole entire episode. She did. It was really fucking sad to, to sit and watch." It was very cringy. Very. It was. But go ahead and dare dinner. They go to dinner. He tells her that she's a phenomenal black woman, smart, educated, beautiful, beautiful. That killed me. Yes. He's finding himself becoming more attracted to her and he wouldn't blame her if she wants to end the marriage, but he really wants to hang in there with her. He wants to see where this can go. She's his wife. She comes first. Then comes the child and he he wants to stay married. I was conflicted by that though. And conflicted? Because I'm, I don't know how I think about that. Yeah. I guess I don't know how I, th- I mean, I get like, you know, he, when I think he manipulate, manipulates her because he really leans on the, um, the, the, uh, her faith her faith you know mm-hmm. but I always kind of feel like I think that okay we'll say we'll use me and you like I think that you know obviously you are important and you know you are um you know like I respect you and you would be like the head but I feel like when it came to the kids like I just feel like they were just as important like I I like I mean so when he just kept saying I will put you in front I get I get what he was saying but he just kept saying like I'll put you ahead of everybody. Like, I, I just don't like when people say that because a kid doesn't ask to be here. They right. don't have a choice in the matter. And so I'm like, well, what kind of treatment are you going to give your kid? He just was confusing me by that because, I mean, Isaiah didn't even come from my body, but he's everything to me. And so I couldn't imagine just being like, well, whatever. And that's how I felt he was kind of. Like, I felt like it was more than just like him talking, like in a religious standpoint, I personally felt like he was saying whatever. That's what was throwing me like in that moment, because he only known this lady for three days, but you laid down and made that baby though. Sure did. But that was kind of blowing me a little bit. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I think he just wanted to stress the fact to her that she's important 
and you know the fact that he wanted to stay married I, I mean yeah but even when she was saying I dated somebody before and they had a kid so I've done this before right but you know basically they put their child first and I'm like <laughs> girl um I mean, you kind of should like, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I used to tell you when we first started dating, right. That mm-hmm. I was, I would have judged you if you left your child to come lay up with me. Right. You always put him first. And I felt like you should have, you know, like you shouldn't not make him a priority because he is a priority. Absolutely. And that's what made me respect you as a mom, because I'm like, that's what you should be doing. I mean, I know it's a little different scenario, but I mean, right. they're kind of dating too. So when she was talking about the other guy, didn't she say that about the other guy, how he would put his kid first? She did. He had exactly. a daughter. And I'm seeing her like, well, what did you want him to do? <laughs> what you girl. want him to do, girl? I don't like stuff like that. I don't know. I I might be jaded. <laughs> I might be. Jaded. You, you have a valid point. So, but I think he's just saying anything in desperation mode. Oh yeah, he was. That's all I saw. Cause I was like, okay, keep going, Liz. Yeah, he's trying to save it. So she's confused, but she's saying that she likes what he's saying to her. So he gives her a rose, you know, and she's saying to herself, we can do this. She's telling him- we, And we cheesing can- at him and shit. Oh God. Yeah, she was cheesing. Sure was. I don't even know where you want me to go next. Where should we go? Okay. Next? So they leave. So they leave dinner. We gotta stay in the same this same episode before we go to the next right. one. Because then all the couples get together. Yes, they do. So that's where you gotta go next. So the couples get together. You know, they're every couple is cheesing. They're on a super high. They're excited. <laughs> except for them. Google <laughs> odd, except for Paige and Chris. So Chris is feeling uncomfortable. So when uh, one of the couples turns to Chris and Paige and asks, well, how are you guys doing? You know, so Paige is like, we're figuring things out. We had a few stumbling blocks, but, you know, we're, God is going to see us through and um, we're, we're both, you know, praying that this is going to work out and we're going to overcome the hurdles. So he's like, well, should I tell them? And she's like, yeah, they're going to find out anyway. So that's when he confides in the couples that he got some disturbing news. Again. And once again, he's reminded that he shouldn't call it disturbing. And he shares that his ex-fiance is pregnant. So the couple's reactions are what, Mika? It was like crickets. You know, another thing we left out too, when he met with, okay, Paige met with Brianna, but he met with um, Brianna's husband. Vincent. And that's when you realized that the timelines that he gave Paige were wrong. I forgot about that. Right. You remember about even him with the ex? Because he didn't he didn't make it seem like it had been three months. He had made it seem like right. they they were just over. You know. Right. So when the couples were sitting there, everybody was kind of like in shock or whatever. And I think they were kind of just, I don't think they really was asking much. They kind of were just listening until you're going to, have to say the names. Cause I don't remember until the other couple, the last couple came in. Eric and Virginia. So Eric and Virginia came in. This is the thing that, this is the thing that got me. Um, so Virginia was like, well, is the baby yours? Chris yeah. is like hot pissed, but. Very eight hot. <laughs> right but I didn't think that was a crass question because if you've been in this process the whole time you know like logically they're probably thinking like well who's out fucking you right. know like when you, it didn't make sense so at that oh Chris is like pissed you can see it all over him Paige is all rubbing his back and shit right you know, trying to like talk him down but I'm like girl but you should be asking these questions too because I mean you know when I, here's the thing you know when a guy is faulty, like you know when a guy literally accepts a baby without taking a test, without even mentioning a test, and just been like, nah, I know that's mine. That lets you know when he said that he was not using a condom with that girl and he know what he was doing with that girl. Cause he had he had no, he was like, nah, I know it's mine. Yeah, he was very clear about that. Oh yeah. Actually, he was adamant. Exactly. Baby exactly so i that my my antennas went off on that and so when she when she was asking questions and then even with the guy i did think the guy was a little annoying because you see the dude is sitting here pissed off you should have just stopped talking to him but he kept going saying like 
if you care about Paige, you should make her feel number one, even though I agreed with them. But when you see somebody is pissed off, just let them be. Exactly. So then exactly. Chris gets up. He walks away. He goes out he on the cries. couch and cries. <laughs> but then so- what's crazy is what got me that I don't know. You probably picked up on it because I think you rewatched. But he was still sitting there crying about the fact that he didn't find Paige attractive. He was. I was like, this is, but he just told her she was beautiful. And that he was becoming more and more attractive. Oh my God. I was so, oh my God. I felt just so bad for her, but I more so was just disgusted. And I felt like, I'm like, we are literally watching a fucking abusive relationship. He's emotionally abusive and emotionally irresponsible. Yeah. So keep going, Liz. Very, very. I, so that's really, where that one ends yeah that's where the see the episode ends and so they're coming back from the honeymoon what got me was they're flying back to atlanta they get to atlanta he doesn't even go back with her to their mutual home he gets another plane ticket and flies to chicago and just basically abandons Paige. And Paige is saying, well, I'm going to give him the space that he's asking for so he can clear his head and get himself together. Mm. It was crazy that he abandoned her like that. She moves into the mutual home and he comes back after two days. He comes back after the two days of getting himself together. And he asked to meet with her. So she's agreed to meet with him so that they can talk. He refuses to have production record their conversation. He goes in to speak with her, has Paige cut the mic. So both he and Paige cut their mics. Which is bullshit. And fast forward, right. Fast forward, she's called the producers to share with them the conversation. The girl is an emotional wreck. She's boohooing, crying. She said that basically he told her he's still in love with his ex. He's going to attempt to make things work with the ex. She's devastated because she said to him, well, you didn't even give this a chance. You didn't give this marriage a chance. And she goes from being completely devastated, crying to then she goes into anger. And she's like, basically, fuck this, fuck him, fuck her, referring to the ex-fiance, fuck that bitch, fuck this. This is not what I signed up. I'm going to blast him to Pastor Cal, blah, blah, blah. We fast forward. She meets with Pastor Cal. And this is what had me fucked up. She confesses to him that she's had sex every day with this man. Every day, unprotected sex every day with this man, excluding the two days that he spent in Chicago. That's just crazy to me. That is crazy. She has sex with him every day. And when he questioned her on why did she do it, she felt that it was her duty. And it's like, I mean, I get being a Christian or whatever, but you don't even know this man. You don't. Like you're on this experimental show where you're married at first sight. But I mean, she is taking this shit like to the fucking extreme. Yes. Yes. I'm like, whoa. She is, and Pastor Kyle's basically, um, it's incredulous to him as well that she's been sexually active with him, unprotected, mind you, unprotected, and he's saying to her that you don't have to do this. Chris walks in, unexpected. They weren't expecting Chris to come. Chris walks in, Pastor Kyle questions Chris. He tells him, look, you know, I know it's my baby um i've seen the pregnancy test um she's been to the doctor and i just feel it's best that Paige and i separate and we just proceed to divorce and pastor kyle says to him well you broke up with this young lady for a reason i did yes sir so whatever reason you broke up with her that reason hasn't changed has it i haven't gotten that far i mean chris is just an idiot I haven't gotten that far. This, the episode ends basically with Pastor Cal telling uh, Paige, look, you need to set boundaries, put yourself first. This man is not thinking of you. Um, he wishes the both, both of them luck. 
And after he leaves, Chris asks Paige for his luggage, but then he leans in and whispers to her that he's fearful that he's falling in love with her. I can't. Why, God? <laughs> so she's like, I thought this would be one and done, see you never, never, deuces. And he tells me this. And she's basically messed up by it, which that makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. And the next episode, uh, she meets with the, the ex-fiance. He has and asked I don't even get how, how that even transpires. And I'm like, but you know, Les, we talk so much about self-worth and yes. self-love. And, you know, um, this is an example yeah. of how I just feel like Paige just lacks that shit. Because I'm like, girl, you've, you do not know this person. And even if you do know him, for somebody to be just emotionally wrecking you like this and taking you through like that, that is, that is not somebody that care about you, you know? And I don't even think that's somebody that, that should even be in a position to be responsible for your feelings. I agree. Not, I, not with that fucking behavior. And it's really cringeworthy. Like I, I put out something on my Facebook. So I got a shit ton of responses. But one of my friends was telling me that um, that she's in con. See, I don't know if I believe this or not, but you, you give your feedback. We talked about okay. this a little bit. They said that she's in contract and that I think she wanted to leave, but she couldn't leave because she'll be fine. And I don't know if I believe that though, because she no. seemed like she wants to stay. And it's been other seasons, right? That people have left. Right, exactly. So Pastor Kyle gave her her out. He gave it to her. So there wasn't in any shape or form pressure for her to stay. Not at all. That's she crazy. So to see that this continues is crazy to me. Oh, yeah. I think the whole thing is crazy. It is mm. crazy. So you know I will be watching next week. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. And it's like, you can't take your eyes off of it, but you feel so, but you feel so bad for her. But I'm just like, I don't know what the thing, but I do find this right. to be abusive. I do. Very much so. Very much. I really so. do. And I, I would love to, I can't wait to get to the point of when they talk in present day. Cause like, I want to know what the fuck going on right now. You know? Right. Good. Right. God, I don't know how long we just been talking about this, but that shit is crazy. I need we need to talk about this because Married at First Sight is crazy. If you're not watching that, you need to watch it because it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It really is. And even the, you know, the couples you're rooting for, when you see how the relationships relationships evolve, it's crazy to see how they evolve and the nuances that they go through. Yeah. I've been a fan of Married at First Sight from the beginning i don't know why you can't catch on to the bandwagon but i can't catch on to it because you know i getting pissed off these <laughs> shows be pissing me off and i can't i can't then i get pissed off and then i stop watching what well, i got pissed off with 90 day fiance like three years ago two years ago right. stop watching i might be back on the train i don't know you kind of turn me on a little bit because oh an old girl with that with that guy and she messing with the cousin that thing had me a little i thought that was crazy so right. like i get pissed off by these people i'd be like who, who, where do these people come from like ah, ah. so Looking yeah no nah, i get love. pissed i get pissed off plus i couldn't marry i couldn't marry somebody um at first sight i think i could i don't think you could you don't no and then I'm if you and then if you did good. marry um you probably ain't gonna fuck him until five years later. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. No. What you gonna do with him, Liz? <laughs> mm -mm. I would I would try to trust the process. No. I could not see you doing that. What you what you gonna what you gonna do? Girl. You're gonna be in separate, you're gonna be in separate places. First of all, y'all are not gonna move in. You're not gonna move in with them. You're gonna be in separate places. You're OCD. <laughs> So you know, they're going to be putting shit in wrong places and then you're going to deem them dirty and that's, that's going to be a problem and it's going to be all over the place. I couldn't do it either. I'm too anal. Can't do it. Yeah. And I'm you're scary. Right. And it I'm is scary. scary. And it I'm going to be scary. like, um, okay, are they crazy? Like what they, what they thinking? Like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> I need too much control. I can't do it. I agree with you. Now I do believe you couldn't do it. No. I couldn't do it. You know, I'm too. Mm -mm, no. Right. Mm -mm. And but then the way they just be out here, just fucking like first night 
maybe all kissing and shit. Um, no. Caught up in the rapture. I the wouldn't be. I wouldn't love. be. I wouldn't be caught up in the rapture. Mm-mm. Yeah, the no. belief of love, the possibilities. We've talked about that. Yeah, love, 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 love. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, Liz. So. This was good. Thank you for, I had to bring you on to give this whole synopsis. So today for the thought of the week, I wanted to talk about self-care. I try to talk about self-care quite a bit because I think it's important. And especially while we're still out here in these COVID streets, I think self-care is even more important um, and being more intentional about it. I personally uh, tell Leslie all the time that um, I see her self-care journey that she's been on it's actually very impressive. Um, I'm trying to get to her level. And so I wanted her to join today and we kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that she's doing, some of the things that I'm doing, and let's just get into the thought of the week. All right, so Leslie, so what have you been doing for self-care? I've been doing a lot for self-care. Um, one of the things, one of the major things that I've been doing is um, really investing in my therapy. I've been in therapy for a while, but I really have, it's a shameful thing to say, but it's also a good thing to say that I've been very invested in my therapy. Um, the journey with therapy, there's joy in it. Um, I'm finding that I'm learning more about myself every day. And so I'm actually doing the work. Um, It's important that if you're in therapy that you do the work. So I've been doing a lot of journaling, meditation, which that's a practice in itself. So I do many segments with meditation. We'll talk about that more. But just setting boundaries, learning to forgive myself for some things, being able to say no, um, which is something that I've struggled with within the past, you know that. So really um, doing the work, this is the first time that I've actually spent time alone with myself. So spending time alone and really just navigating through your thoughts is a form of self-care in itself, you know? Yeah. I think definitely that, that. I think also too, you made a good point by saying that when, cause you know, you know, we were in intense therapy and then, you know, I go to therapy individually, you go to therapy individually. But I think that me personally, I think that this is the first time I feel like therapy really, that you really care more about it. Because before I think you were going, maybe you're going to pacify me. I'm not really sure, but you weren't doing the work. And so like you were going, (laughs) you know, you could say like, I'm going, but you know, I don't think that you really were really taking heed to what was going on and really like, you know, doing the exercises and asking questions. And, um, I agree. and it, it really does make a difference. I tell people that I was talking to somebody and they were talking about somebody else and they're like, well, they go to therapy and all this, but I'm like, so are they doing the work from therapy? Exactly. And then also the quietness that you speak of is real. You know, when you it sit in your aloneness and you actually, it gives you time to think and if you yeah. actually care about making change, you'll um, you'll listen to the things that and pay attention to the things that's popping into your head and the things that you need to ponder. Um, I know times that you've done that, that you've started, you know, times you think about things, you start journaling, you know, and things like that. But I think right. that helps with self-care because it is it's yeah. helping you release shit that you have and that you feel. And also, like you said, how you've been working on like just forgiveness of things um, you know, for yourself. And, and that's important to let that shit go, you know? So that's good. It is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, putting yourself first is important. And, you know, people have a fear, I think in general of being alone and I necessarily don't want to be alone, you know, that, but I am finding that having time to myself to really navigate through my thoughts, and process some things, jotting notes about those things, and even circling back to my therapist to sort and navigate through the thought. It's really helped me. And if you're really vested in being your best self, I highly recommend 
that you you take that time, spend that time alone. Because once you do that, you have a better sense of self, which makes you better overall for not being alone, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's a yeah. lot of people who can't be alone. Like a lot of people run right. from aloneness. And I'm like, sometimes you got to sink in that shit and, you know, get to know yourself Blue. and and also learn to love yourself you know, self-love. I think self-love comes from those quiet moments where you think about what are your passions? What are things that you like? You know, what what do I need to do in order to make myself happy? Uh, And I think those things are important, you know? They are. If you can't make yourself happy, you can't make the person happy. No, you can't. That your you you and your person is number one. It has to be, and not in a selfish way, but like you have to take care of yourself. Because if you're doing yourself Absolutely. a disservice, you're going to do everybody around you a disservice. Because I mean, you know, that's where love, love starts is within. So what all are you doing for um, for your self-care? I just really rattled off a lot of the things that I'm doing. But I actually have, um, with the suggestion from my therapist, I've been using a lot of apps on my phone. Um, it's crazy how many apps are out there that can help you with your self-care journey. Um, So one of the apps I use is I am, and it gives you affirmations all throughout the day. So all day long, I get affirmations. Um, I was just looking at um, my most current affirmation. I'm a forgiving and loving person. I think if you affirm yourself and you are using affirmations every day, um, it's something that's a self-builder, you know? You want to build yourself up. So I believe in affirmations. Absolutely. Um, another app that I use is called Shine. And Shine does the same thing in helping you affirm yourself, but it actually gives you more guidance. And I talked about meditation a little bit, and they actually have meditation exercises in Shine. Um, today's exercise was love your small wins. It was literally six minutes and it's six minutes of spending time to think about what you've done this week or what you've done today that was an investment in yourself. So, right. And you actually take notes. You can use your phone for it, but it's a six minute exercise and they're literally daily exercises in form of meditation. So I really enjoyed um, those two apps to help me in my self-care journey. I use another one called The Pattern. The Pattern is pretty unique. You, I thought The Pattern your, was cool. Yeah, you put your date of birth in, the time you were born, and some other information. And it's crazy how it customizes um, messaging for you. It's really unique in that um, it gives you time to really take a deeper dive into who and what you are for lack of better term yes i really like the pattern so i encourage people to take the time to invest in even the simple things we use our phones so much that you can download a few apps and that'll help you in your self-care journey yeah and even with um even if even with people with children like when isaiah was you know uh feeling funky in the house you know like like most kids are right now um you know leslie had him download the uh the affirmation apps and you know i think that helped put him in better spirits i personally do i agree you know we made i shared it with a girlfriend of mine and she's she uses it every day also and she finds that the affirmations are great and then when i talk to you you um you share your affirmations with me so yeah Mm -hmm. i do so let me ask you all right. Yeah. So present day, we're in this, uh, we're in this world where I feel like mental health and um, like self care, like this is more talked about. Um, it's more emphasized, right. and slowly and slowly, you see more and more of programs and you know people talking about therapy, and you see more black therapists coming into emerging or whatever. So when you were younger, we'll say like in your twenties. Do you think that you thought much about self-care? Absolutely not. I did not. And it's unfortunate because in your 20s, you're evolving, you're slowly 
um, approaching your true maturation process. I think most people don't really have a true sense of self until they hit their thirties, quite yeah, frankly. That's for sure. Yeah. But I do think that if I had these tools when I was in my twenties, my maturation process in my thirties, wow, what an amazing process that would have been. I really think that but no, in my 20s, I wasn't thinking about self-care at all. So I love the season that we're in where we're seeing more and more people take therapy seriously and self-care seriously because um, had I heard about this in my 20s, I know that my maturation process in my 30s would have been um, a much more solid, um, productive, and enlightening experience. I do think that. Yeah. And, um, I think it's nice that people normalize these conversations and don't feel ashamed. You know, um, I know when I was young, uh, younger, I'm still young, but when I was younger, you know, <laughs> you would always hear negative things that came with, you know, people talking about therapy or people talking about going to see someone almost to where you were like fearful of, um, you know, going to see someone or something like that. And like, now I'm like, this is so entrenched with just my everyday and your everyday and, you know, and it's important. Like, I feel so much better when I go to therapy and just, and, and, and sometimes it's not even like what people don't realize it's not even like you go, like, I mean, you might be having something going on, right. Where you need to talk about it. But like, for me, I mean, mm -hmm. I go every month now I go once a month and some days I got shit to talk about and some days we be in there talking, you know, like where I just might need to right. vent, you know, I might need to sit and, and I might have some stuff circling through my mind, like maybe some things I'm trying to work on. And like, she, she might help me kind of like work through it, like mm -hmm. what I'm thinking, but it's not always like, you know, you're sitting on a crazy couch, you know, and that's back in the day, like that's how they kind of made it seem. And I'm like, therapy to me is so much more. And that really is a huge part of my self-care is, um, you know, me going to therapy. Uh, I think for me, self-care is, um, you know, spending time with uh, you and Isaiah uh, as part of my self-care. Um, and I think uh, also reading is a huge part of my self-care. Playing my video games. I don't get to play, I don't play the video games as much as I would like or used to, but I read a lot more than I used to. I think because before I was in school, uh, when I was getting my um, my other master's and you can't do shit when you're getting your master's. So it's like, you can't read, you can't do anything except for school. So I think yeah. I didn't read for like, what, two years, three years. Yeah, I would try and then I would get, I would get through some books, but it's nothing like now, like now I'm reading books like every three days. So, but I enjoy it though. And I think also for me, what's helped me through quarantine and COVID and all this stuff we've been going through has been books. It gives me like a level of escapism that I really enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Just sometimes just escaping into a story and just not thinking about the shit that's going on in the world. Um, you know, for me, that that's great. So it is an escape and you've actually um, inspired me to get back into my reading. I'm not on your level yet, but I definitely have a reading challenge for this year. Yeah, because I used to tell people, um, I used to brag about you all the time about how, you know, you could read these books in one day and how you're a beast and you just out here just knocking these yeah. books down. And then one day I was like, um, when you gonna read a book and finish it? Cause yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like pre-ordering you books and sending you books. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm back on my book game. Yeah. I like I like to be able to um I like talking books with you. Yeah. So that was always impressive when, you know, you actually knew who I was talking about and you actually could talk about a book. I was like, mm, that was attractive, Liz. I think. But that's sex. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, when you can match when you can match the level of nerd, yes. Yes. Right. We are both a little nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, but that's fine. That's great. And we have a nerd child. So that's great too. Yes, do you want to know what my perfect self-care day is? Oh, yes. I'm going to talk about mine too. What's your perfect self-care day? I'm going to tell you a perfect self-care day um, starts with my, my six minute meditation. 
I'm beginning to really enjoy having those moments of quiet time. And six minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but it is very beneficial. So I'm enjoying my meditation. And one thing that I used to do, I, I think you remember, I had at least two massages a month scheduled, at least two. And I wanna revisit that. So on a perfect day, I would start with my meditation. I would go and get that massage, release the toxins from my body and top it off with a hot bubble bath. That would be great self-care. That with a glass of wine, I think that would make for a perfect self-care day. Maybe even some conversation with you afterwards. I think that would make for a great, great self-care day. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Mm. I think you should... If it's safe, I think you should do the massages again because you did used to. That was like priority. It was. And you haven't done that in years where you would go, you know, monthly to get the massages. So uh, I think my perfect, um, I'm going to tell you two, two self-care days. Okay. So, all right. My perfect self-care day is to naturally wake up. Okay. Okay. So not where anybody woke me the fuck up. Like I naturally just woke up. Okay. No okay. dogs, no people. girl because I never sleep I feel like I never sleep in so then I want to take a bath a hot bath with candles and soft music playing more than likely Jill Scott uh get that going but I got some playlists going so I want to eat an amazing refreshing meal it doesn't have to be lunch it can be brunch so I can take like a really amazing sandwich little fresh fruit probably some amazing wine now this is during the day obviously i'm not gonna go with like the red right off i'm gonna probably do like a mimosa something like that something bubbly and refreshing prosecco you know something like that and you know and then i would like to be in quiet lay in a comfortable bed and i probably could just lay with a book and that will be that will definitely be self-care for me now I want to tell you something. So with you, my perfect self-care day with you, which we've had a lot of, but I think our perfect self-care uh, situation was when we went to Punakana and we literally laid, we read, we got in and out the water because it was hot as fuck. Right. We drank and got drunk all day. We <laughs> ate all day. We did absolutely nothing. We did. And it was the most refreshing shit. What were there? Five days? It was the most refreshing yeah. shit ever. And when we came back, I think we felt really revitalized. I think we that was did. like the perfect. I think me and you work well because you're a good person to do nothing with and you're okay with that. If that makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. So it's like everybody was like, Y'all didn't go, y'all didn't do this and do that and go on excursions. I'm like, no, we fucking sat and ate all fucking and now eating was, was priority. Hot. It was a vibe. It was. And we read and I'm like, we just chilled. We sat at that pool every fucking day. Yes, right. We did. From the time we got up, we ate, we ate down there. We walked over to the buffet up at on the hill, walked back down to our spot. Girl, and that's what we right. did. So it was great. I think that was um that's a that was a perfect that was a perfect self-care moment, I think. It, absolutely i totally agree with that but that's why we travel well together because we know how to create a vibe when well, we travel but yes we do travel well together it's um yeah. it's easy so, yeah we know how to set the tone yeah low maintenance um but yeah this was good uh, was there anything else that you wanted to share just to anybody out there that's wondering how to start their self-care journey or any uh words of encouragement really just take a step back take that time to spend by yourself Put yourself first. And, you know, another thing that people need to do is I think sometimes part of self-care is asking for what you need, being able to ask for help. So whether that's in the form of leaning on a girlfriend or truly, I think you should invest in therapy. I think everybody should have some form of therapy. Um, So definitely investing in that, really taking the time to journal um, I hope people listen to the apps that I share because that could help you jumpstart your self-care. Um, it definitely brings some insight to things. So really just, you know, just with what my meditation was today, love your small wins um, because there's there's value to that. 
Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think the most important thing, uh, if you guys haven't, you know, if, if I'm sure you've been listening all these years on this show is just taking care of yourself. You know, uh, one of my main purpose in even starting this show, which is normalizing these conversations, normalizing, um, you know, going to therapy and talking about therapy and just, you know, having your journey. Uh, I'm glad that I have been in a season where um, I could, you know, go through the healing process and be able to talk freely to my friends and to you about my feelings clearer mm-hmm. and more effectively than I did in the past, you know. And I will say before I go that last week, um, you know, I, you know, you were here for the general reveal and um, you said something to me that actually, you know, I feel like it made my year because you never, I mean, oh. you say, you say stuff to me all the time, but you know, you told me that um, you found me to be a really good person and really kind. And I thought that Mm -hmm. out of all the compliments that you've given me, I thought that was the one that uh, I probably uh, honor the most, cherish the most. Oh, that's good to hear. You are a good person. You really are. I try to be, girl. I try to be. I try to be, but you're good too, Les. you're good too, you're good too, but, um, but I thank you for jumping on here with me, uh, last year, you know, you never wanted to get on here with me. So today was easy to actually get you on here. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate oh, you coming welcome. on to thank join. You yep. You're a friend of the show. You're my, uh, you're my material. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> It feels that way sometimes. And um, yeah, but thank you guys for tuning in today. Don't forget to follow the show. Um, You can follow me on Instagram. It's at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast on Twitter, IJMT podcast. And you can email me if you ever want to be a part of the show. That's IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe. I really appreciate the feedback you guys have been giving me. I appreciate you guys tuning in every week and listening to the show. Uh, Like always, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.